This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. I mean, I guess I'm glad that I'm not a Karen. Yeah. Or that my hair is like. No, a, you're, you don't have Karen hair. Who's the the mom? Gosselin, Kate Gosselin. Oh is yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, she's got some Karen hair happening. That is Karen or Brenda hair. We're Brenda not sure. Hair. It could be both. Could be both. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fascinating conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, when the whole internet's making fun of your name, mm. that's got to be hard. Well, when your name becomes synonymous with a very particular type of personality that's that, true. like, I work over a decade in retail, so uh-huh. I, I've met my fair share of Karens, oh, and, wow. and that is one of those that, like, you hate to generalize, but... It's there. I mean... Well, let's cut to the chase. White people. It's white you know, people. It's, it's white people. There's <laughs> a problem everywhere. We're pretty bad when yeah. it comes you know, to stuff like get that. Over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I live people. here. <laughs> I'm going to continue to live here. Oh, <laughs> We're not the only people on the planet. Yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> but I still say everybody needs to work retail. At yeah. Least. Oh, did you ever work? I retail, think it's no, but I worked in bars. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's the same thing. Right? Service industry Service, in general. Yeah. yeah, like I genuinely feel like it. There are some people that say, "Oh, everybody should be pressed into military service for actually <laughs> sort of like retail. Israel does things." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in America, it should be you should be forced retail to do retail service. for at least five years and or service industry for five years. Yeah, and that's going to be. Were you a bartender yeah. or just working? Mm, you I'm mean just, just in, in bars in mm. general? Yeah. But and add a few drinks onto a. When I worked in bars, it was six nights a week. Oh my god! Wow. And about five hours a night. Wow. Ugh. Five sets a night. So are you still in like the the bar sleep hour time zone where? Well, I prefer evening. I, yeah. I do. You know, I get I get up. I get up really early. Okay. Because I'm old. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, but then I just stay up. I mean, yeah. I, I still want to get to bed earlier and yeah. like that. So well, we I'm were sorry. we were joking about. He said, "Well, why is Andy not on here with us this morning?" And nah. then he goes, "Oh wait, never mind. This is like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning for him. <laughs> Like we had yeah. a we had a shoot for the the commercial we literally just produced with yeah. him, and uh, I was like, "Hey, we're going to be doing the shoot, you know, at nine a.m. at uh, you know Buyer's Chevy." And, He's like, and he went, no. yeah, that's like, I, I play until 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> yeah. so probably not. And I'm no. like, oh, He has a yeah. Monday night open mic. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. He goes there until at least yeah. two. Yeah. Are open mics hard? I mean, is that? Well, I don't know if they're hard or not. The one I do at the at the Shrunken Head, mm-hmm. this is the 10th year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's the last year for me. I'm going to stop doing it okay. at the end of this year. But. It's gotten so popular that people only end up playing about two songs. Total? Mm-hmm. Real? Each, oh, you mean in each person. set? Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. Because we get 20, 20, 25 people oh there. Every, oh, my every gosh. Every week without fail. So there's not much time for an old man to sit down. <laughs> you know, they get up, I get them up and running, you know. Yeah. I, I go check and see who's next. And, and you know, it's about 90% diplomacy. and, and Right. The, really. The, yeah. It's not, I don't. It's not like work or anything. It's yeah. not hard, but right. you do have to kind of pay attention to yeah. it. And, and and you have to do that because, you know, for example, you want to keep running on time. Right. Yeah. And make a difference if you're the guy that's on at 9 o'clock if you're 10, 15 minutes off. But for the poor sap that's on at midnight, yeah. uh, it makes, makes a, a lot difference. of difference. Big difference. Yeah. 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 So we try to 
keep it, you know, keep it moving. And that means everybody has to be sort of ready. Right. Yeah. To right. and with two songs for yeah. artists, you know, I always got to go out and find them. And you know, are you yeah. are you tuned you good? up? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Did you go potty? You Did you wash yeah. your hands, coronavirus? <laughs> Did you okay. Wash your hands? <laughs> yeah, all that sort of thing. So yeah, well, you know, it's fun. I mean, it's fun for me. This one that we do at the at the Shrunken Head. It's real close to the campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get campus folks yeah. a lot, mm. which is a fresh source of people. And then I have a bunch of regulars, enough regulars that if they come once every three weeks, it, I still have that big crowd. Yeah. You know, yeah. And some come every week. Oh, wow. And what do they play? Is it original stuff or covers they or anything? They play anything they damn well please. Really? Okay. Yep. Uh, that, a, lot of, a lot of original stuff. So it's kind of a cool place to try but, out new material then. That's really that's cool. That's what I've always yeah. thought of it as. Yeah. If you're a songwriter, it's a great place. Because right. you find out real quickly whether song's working or not. <laughs> you know. it's, it's one thing that if people are yammering around, which they do, but mm-hmm. it's another thing if they're yammering around because you're basically uninteresting and, yeah. and ought, to, ought to edit this child of yours. Yeah. That, you know, and that's a hard thing for songwriters yeah. to edit. Mm-hmm. They didn't like it. You know, and you want people to listen. Yeah, okay, it's great that five minutes would be so much better at three and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hearing it once, you can generally go, yeah, right. that part is, yeah. you know, could be gone. But Do you play at those? Oh, yeah. Yeah? You do. Yeah, I generally open the night. Okay. okay. Uh, unless it's just so busy. Yeah, and then I don't. Get going. You know, yeah. Then I. It's yeah. not about me. It's about the. About now, how the many times do in. you play a song for yourself and practice it before you get up on stage mm-hmm. and try it out? That's a good question. And <laughs> I imagine that's different for every musician, but I, I'm an obsessive editor. Okay. So I'll, I'll play it a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 of the Bob Dylan era. Yeah. You know, Bob Dylan said, "I'll know my song well before I start singing." Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I, I try to do. Yeah. Yeah. Try to know it well. I never, I, you know, I, some people want to have a music stand and they mm-hmm. want to read the lyrics. I've never been a believer in that. Oh, okay. My, Doug says, you know, if you have the book, you never get off the book. That's and, true. Yeah. And that's true. I agree. Yeah. To a big, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. You yeah. can't have the book, you got to get off the uh-huh. book. Um, so I try to be pretty ready. And if I yeah. mess up, you know, I just do the verse I know again. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Original stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make People in the lights. audience don't know. I mean. Start reading the ingredients of the... <laughs> if you start singing American Pie and have to repeat the first right. line, then, I mean, that's a different then that's thing. A little, yeah. That's a little... Like, wait that's a minute. Definitely becomes it's the day uh, the music dies. <laughs> yeah, it's a great tool for songwriters. You find out real quickly what, what's working and yeah. what's not. Yeah. And, and you uh, people learn about pace and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. how to choose material that yeah particularly in a three song set which we get to occasionally do once in a while mm. three yeah. or four um mm-hmm. you know you can really get a sense of how it's planned and yeah and how to hook something up to the last thing right and not really stop so much as you know accompany your you know do mm-hmm. your 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 live soundtrack yeah yeah kind of thing yeah. To, with the chords for the next song so people learn a lot yeah. Do you ever have people just choke? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know I, what? I, yeah. And it's okay. We have cultivated a really swell group of people who okay. come over there mm-hmm. who are real supportive and they're real forgiving of stuff like that. Yeah. So they'll burst into spontaneous applause and, Aww, and keep them awesome. going. You know, yeah. Keep, because, yeah. I, you know, they do surveys and they ask people what they fear most. Mm-hmm. And death 
turns out to be number two. <laughs> public speaking. Public speaking yeah. <laughs> is number one. And that's exactly what's standing up there with a guitar. Oh, trying to remember, you know, yeah. And then you add to that the fact that it's often your stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it or not, it's, you know, you, you're being judged or you have For that For every feeling. aspect, yeah. Yeah. The so, look, the feel, the sound, the, the words, the, yeah. All of it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I admire anybody who'll get up and do it. Oh, absolutely. And I know for a fact that if somebody comes in there and they've never done it before or mm-hmm. they've done it once or twice, you know, yeah. whatever, if they come back every week for a year, they'll mm-hmm. be a fundamentally different performer absolutely. than when they started. Yeah. Yeah. If they're paying attention at right. all. Right, right. You know, yeah. but... That's that's what it does for people. And I've seen it over and over. It's so cool. Plus, people hook up there to yeah. Uh, yeah. bands and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you get yeah. a lot of that. What so. a great place to find a band member. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, it's it works really well. Yeah. You know, there's a we have a couple of family acts, the Chickenetti Brothers, who are <laughs> just fabulous, and and they all play, and they've all ended up playing with lots of people. Yeah. Backing people and okay. and doing their own stuff as well. There are a lot of people like that come in there. Oh, yeah. Cool. They're just looking for somebody to partner up mm-hmm. with you know to kind of complete what it is they're they're, it's they're the going tinder for. of the music world <laughs> <laughs> <It's the tinder. laughs> that makes it sound dirty and wrong we'll nah, just go ahead and no, negate that it's dirty and wrong it is. <laughs> <laughs> so billy zen welcome well welcome, thank welcome. you i'm so glad you're here i'm so glad to be here i have to ask you is Billy Zen your real name? Yeah. That's awesome. That is a sweet name. It's a sweet name. Fabulous <laughs> musician st- name. I'm sticking to that story. There you go. As long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Are you from Columbus originally? Not originally. Okay. I grew up in Mount Sterling, okay. Ohio. Yeah. Okay. About 20 miles south here, mm-hmm. what we like to call the gateway to the Deer Creek Dam and, and Reservoir. Yeah. <laughs> and I came to Columbus in 1969. Okay. For? To, to go to school. Ohio State? I, I was going to be an English teacher. Okay. And uh, I did a couple of years and decided, well, what I found out was, seriously, was that that it's a big responsibility, teaching. Yeah. yeah. And if you, you know, you, you need to really want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you need to be not inflicting yourself on on innocent children. Yeah, I went to uh, one of my classes was the uh, was a psychology of education class, hmm. and I learned that about three quarters of the people were there because they dug kids and they wanted they had something they thought they could do pass on. And, yeah, you know they were enthusiastic, and then there was about a quarter of them who there were there because they didn't like kids very much, <laughs> and they wanted to be in a position where they could jerk them around. Oh my gosh. You know, future wow. administrators right. of, of, uh, of it. And that was kind of creepy. Yeah. Like you saw it over and over. Right. It, you know, right away, they were going for the hammer, boy. Why well, yeah. just smack them and then it'll be, Lovely. It'll be yeah. fun. So yeah. I did that a couple of years, and then I had a chance to go on the road and play with a fellow named Eddie Ray, okay. who's an African American front man from town. Nice. And I went out with him for a couple of years and learned a whole lot about it. <laughs> Fronting bands. I don't know. I just by that point I decided I didn't want to be mm-hmm. a um, an English teacher, and I didn't really want to go to the College of um, Music either. Okay. Because I didn't want to teach music, which which right. was that's what that path is. Yeah, right. absolutely. You know, unless you're a performer and. But the, you were already. Days, <laughs> yeah, which I <laughs> yeah. was already, yeah. and there wasn't. They they weren't heavily into the whole composition thing. When did you start yet. playing? 
the day after the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. Oh my gosh, really? Wow. I was in seventh grade, I huh. think, and uh, that everybody was it. started playing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. What was your first instrument? Uh, I, I played guitar. Did you have one prior to that? No. Or you bought one that next day. Yes. After much cajoling and wheedling, <laughs> and I got a guitar, and then I got another one, and you know we had a band. And mm-hmm. What was uh, your first band name? They were called the Vigilantes. Ooh. <laughs> we, we came up to Columbus. In a, we were in eighth grade, probably. Mm-hmm. My brother was going to school at what used to be called Columbus Business University, which is okay. not there anymore. Okay. It was down around Spring and High. And huh. And they had a series of dances and stuff yeah. across the street at the Chittenden Hotel, which mm-hmm. is also not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, neither of those places exist. Huh. But he somehow got us in there to open up. For a band, a massively popular band in the, in Columbus in those days called the Rebounds, okay. who had records and you know huh. they were like gods to us. Huh. Um, yeah. And we set up our little stuff and we played. And yeah. and one of them, um, uh, Tommy Smith, I think was his name. Anyway, <laughs> came over and was talking to us. It was very encouraging. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, wow, if you guys are this good at this age, yeah. just wait. Blah blah blah. And right. I'm sure he was pretty instrumental in in. And putting me on that path yeah. for That's, better or yeah. worse. Do you remember what you played? Songs? Yeah. Oh, you know, we'd have been playing Gloria and Little Black Egg and, and all that stuff. All <laughs> yeah. the stuff that you played in right. the mid-60s. Okay. Yeah. All and you know, stuff that we could manage to learn, Yeah. too, because we were all just hacking around starting out. <laughs> then I came up here to go to school in the summer of 1969 for mm-hmm. some reason. I was in a hurry. <laughs> and in the fall, I met some fellows from around the north side of Columbus, mm-hmm. and they had a band thing going, and we stumbled into this gig in Grandview mm-hmm. in a place called Remo's Flame Lounge. Which is, <laughs> that Remo's awesome. Flame Lounge. Yep, okay. Remo's is no longer with us. You know, Grandview is real different. Oh place yeah, in completely. The, in those time, but this was a, ba- uh, a bar that was painted black and had black lights. Ooh. And, the, and the you know posters, black light posters, oh, yeah. you know, very 1969. And, and very 1960s. <laughs> they had a go-go dancer. They had the whole shtick. Wow! And it was still a neighborhood bar. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys had run into this fellow named Mel Reed, who was a keyboard player and okay. singer, yeah. and front guy, another another African American guy who showed me how this works. Mm-hmm. Because he, we, you know, in those days, you did you did five sets, mm-hmm. four, five forty minute sets a night, and. He was just great at putting it together and fronting it and making drawing people in, and we yeah. could hold up our end enough to yeah. to kind of follow along and, and yeah. do it. So oh, wow. I do remember the first. <laughs> I was always kind of kind of a jerk, so <laughs> I remember the first <laughs> night we played our first set and it was well received. And, and the go-go dancer, a nice woman, came over and said, "Wow, you guys are great. What do you go by?" And I said, well, we go by the White Castle on Fifth Avenue and then turn the lamp on the I don't think she spoke to me anymore. <laughs> I didn't blame her. No future relationship there, right? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't really going to happen. Yeah. It's a good litmus test anyway, honestly. Well, yeah. This is a Thursday through Saturday gig. Oh, wow. And I made more money doing that than I did if I had a week-long part-time job. So I said, oh my gosh. Yeah. this is a good idea. Right? Yeah. I, was, I would have been commuting to Mount Sterling and working in my friend's hardware store. Yeah. You know, which is fine and everything. Right, but and then I was 18, so I could stay up till 2.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and get up and go to school right. you know, on yeah. Friday and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. oh, it was wow. perfect. It was That's perfect. awesome. Yeah. 
great. And you were playing guitar at the time? Playing bass. Playing bass. I started okay. playing bass, and I've been a bass player ever, yeah. pretty much ever since. I write on guitar, okay. and I can perform acoustically you know, yeah. with it, but I'm most primarily bass, bass Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that went on for however, you know, about a year. Okay. And you were... I mean, still in your teens, and yeah, I was eighteen, okay. going on nineteen, probably. And yeah, I was there during the riots and everything. It was oh, great wow. for an eighteen-year-old. It was just the best thing ever. Yeah, you know, yeah. you go there with all this twelve years of pent-up, sick of people yeah. messing with me, and boom, it all exploded. Wow, yeah, it was. What did you do after that then? Uh, I was still in school for I think I did the better part of three years. Okay, and then somebody booked me at the. I, I worked with I knew this kind of worked with this agency called mm-hmm. Dynamic Entertainment. Okay. Some people will remember that name, and they booked a lot of stuff. There was a, a woman there, one of the um, one of the the family it was a family of people, mm-hmm. um, and um, Patty Capson, and she got a hold of me. She thought she dealt a lot with fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. in town, Granville. Yeah. You know, Denison, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, Delaware, all okay. those places. And she hatched on this idea. She would book, she would have them, she would sell them on these nights where they would, instead of having a band and stuff, you know, everybody mm-hmm. was groovy. They 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 all sat in the big common living room and yeah. somebody like me would come and play. And it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That part of it was fun. It didn't yeah. last, but it was fun. Okay. And I don't know why, it wasn't why, I don't know why, just, you know, t- things change but yeah she was great at selling stuff like oh, that, that. Is cool. so i worked with them quite quite a bit yeah. in those days and then on the road too when okay I started doing the band thing they were what style know. of music primarily was at that time oh it was rock and roll music it was okay. what was on the jukebox it yeah was, it was what was on the charts you know okay. at the time so mostly covers then oh that's all pretty all much covers. all you did okay. in those days yeah mm-hmm. little by little then the campus scene here changed uh, i credit ronald cole if you ever knew of ronald mm-hmm. Mm. Ronald Cole and the Trillionaires was they were okay. um, he he started doing original music at places mm. like uh, Mr. Brown's and, and wherever else just yeah. it just that's what he did okay and yeah. nobody had done that before yeah nobody thought you know occasionally people what you do is you'd sneak a tune or two into a set but right. mostly these were meant to be dance sets and yeah. that's what you that's the music that you played mm-hmm. I mean yes you know we you were able to make a living playing music in those days yeah. Uh, Unlike people in theater, for example, <laughs> you know, yep. I don't, there aren't there's no bar scene for theater people. Right. You know, you go out and do stuff for free a lot before you get paid. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. more often than not, or it's a, you know, it's a uh, what's it called a uh, honorarium. You know, some mm-hmm. kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yep. This allowed people to actually learn on a job and yeah. do. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you had to be young to do it. Like I said, it was six nights a week, and oh, it was gosh. so on the road you'd play. Monday through Saturday and pack yeah. it up and travel on Sunday, get to the place, set up set on up Monday, Jeez. play another one. And even if it was a bad place, mm-hmm. you had the comfort of knowing that you were already going to be there <laughs> for a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is going to be there. They got mm-hmm. to live there. <laughs> but you you were going to be you gone. Could get out. So it was yeah. great. And we, we worked real steadily. And then we came back t- to town in the band that I that I was with most. We'd come back to town and do about six weeks at a place called the Sangria East. Where was that? Well, it was at No Bixby and Refugee Road. Okay, mm. yeah. And there were two. There was the Sangria East and the Sangria North up around 
right down the street from where I live. Okay. Kenny and Henderson. And yeah. both were phenomenally popular. Their deal was the lounge. Hmm. So they had couches and coffee tables, hmm. and that was their, you know, okay. th- that was their big hook. And, well, and the guy that owned those things was a real smart operator in the bar business who understood that you're up and you're down. Mm-hmm. And when you're up, yeah, better sell it. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because people who aren't in the bar business, you know, have this romanticized idea of what the business is, right. and it's not that. It's, it's not that. <laughs> it's that for a few hours on Saturday night, maybe. Okay. But mostly, it's get up in the morning at six and meet the beer truck. You know, after being there till four. Right. So you know, it, it, well, it's not a glamorous business at no. all. <laughs> but the scene was massive in this city. There were clubs okay. everywhere really? in those days. Okay. Fox and Hounds, which was an apartment complex, had a place called yeah. Spinnaker's that was huge. Yeah. All over town, everywhere. Okay. Every scene, everything that you can imagine, it was going on. So there was enough work in town then for you at that point? All those places. Yeah, we could come back and stay six weeks at this joint. Okay. And then go back on, on the road, you know, which yeah. was the idea so that yeah. you separate from it a little bit. And, huh. and we could always, we only, we worked hotels and stuff like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you stayed there and, you know. You learn how to manipulate the room service industry and all that. <laughs> you know, you you order the you order the chopped steak and and you tip like it's the it's the fillet, and the next time it is the it fillet. is the fillet. <laughs> <laughs> you learn not to sit at the bar on your break mm-hmm. because the bartender will get to you regardless of where you are if you let them know, and otherwise you're just in the way, yeah, taking up space that. Could be tipping for paying the customers, yeah. right? So yeah. you know, you learn all that stuff as <laughs> goofy kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't last okay. because really, the hotels and the, the management of the hotels—they mm-hmm. you know, didn't really like bands. They yeah. were stuck with it, right? But they didn't like it because okay. uh, they were a bunch of surly people who didn't care about you know right. that didn't want to dress up the same and you know yeah. just thought you were a goof. <laughs> so yeah. so. As soon as as DJs as disco came around, poof, mm. that was over. That was done. Really? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask, yeah, because like I know that the progression. I, I was a mobile DJ when I was younger. There you go. And so, but I came in like when CDs were you know starting off and everything like that. Sure. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I knew that there was a whole industry that existed like for bands, especially oh, before yeah. the DJ thing came along and. It changed yeah. everything. As soon as you could pop in the Beatles and yeah. play the Beatles, you could, yeah, yeah every, totally different story. So yeah. it was, you know, this was to the relief of the owners of the, of the hotels, so they could get away with the, you yep. know, lose the surly musicians, yeah. <laughs> and go wow. on about their business, right? Yeah. And you know, and I was ready to get off the road by that time okay. too. I met my wife, and Aww. and we were married. How'd you guys meet? Well, let's see. I had a roommate that was doing a show with her. Okay. uh, Out at um, Ohio Dominican. Okay. Cupola, it was called. Huh. And it was uh, David DeLong, something like that. Anyway, they were doing a show together. And he was a comedian. He was in a local comedy group called the Radish Guild. Okay. But he decided he wanted to be more legit. So he he got into this this doing theater with these folks, and that's how. Oh. The Radish it. Guild? Yeah. I like that I name. Like that's that. a, that's that a good a, name. They that was a guy named Frank Gabrenya who mm. wrote everything. Frank. He was a he, – he wrote for The Dispatch, didn't yes, he? he did, yes, he did movie reviews. Yeah, I remember that name. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, he, him and this fellow Rick Wolf. Huh. Okay. And then when Rick – I don't know, Vic and I got together after Rick moved to California. Huh. We were already friends and, yeah. you know, it was a pretty natural transition. Uh-huh. So. 
And you met Vicky. 39 years later. Congratulations. Here we are, 40 That's in awesome. March. She's an outstanding actor. Yeah. Outstanding. 40 years this month, yeah. you said? That's, That's awesome. Happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. That's lovely. <laughs> Thank you very what much. is 40? What is that? The Silver. I Silver? I think so. It ought to be. 40. It should be, yeah. <laughs> if somebody can put up with me for 40 years, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, and she acted. It was the same thing, just like the bar scene. There was an analogous theater scene, which was community theater. Mm -hmm. And and people went from one to the next. And they all learned that way. They all learned to, to, you know, Mark Mann and all this, Mm -hmm. everybody. The older guys, they all all did that. That's awesome. Uh, And then that scene went away, too. I mean, that's not anything like it used to be. Yeah, it's very different. They used to tackle serious stuff, you know, the... Shadow Box and all mm-hmm. these plays with Virginia Woolf. Vicky's yeah. done Virginia Woolf at least three times. Huh. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that going on at the same time. It was yeah. all pretty, pretty rocking around here for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's harder than it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, they make these kids pay all their expenses. These bars do. Mm-hmm. You know, they pick up the tamp for sound that comes out of your end. Really. Often a door person. Yeah. They expect you to bring crowds of people in there. You know, when I played, we were there to entertain the patrons. Right. You know, who who came there. A lot of places we played were like a Holiday Inn on a freeway exit somewhere <laughs> where if it was a small town, that's where all business guys were going to be during the week. Yep. And all the locals came on the weekend because yeah. there wasn't much else going on. And, you know, okay. so it was busy, and that wasn't yeah. our problem anyway. Right. Busy, not busy. You just play. You know, but now... They book four or five bands a night, yeah. and they want them to bring their friends and family and really supply the crowd and don't provide much in the way of, of uh, promotion for these. So I feel, yeah. you know, I feel sorry for the kids. So different. Mm. We played, I used to play when I, my first original band was called uh, Funk Bunnies here in town. <laughs> and we used to play it sounds Ruby. like my kind of music. Yeah, <laughs> well, and it wasn't very funky, but it was a showcase for my original stuff and Pete, yeah. Pete Carey, who plays with Sirens now and some other bands. Okay. Anyway, we did that. We ended up playing at Ruby's on Thursday nights. Yeah. And, and before Thursday was the new Friday <laughs> and pretty well packing it in. But you couldn't get people to stay much after 11 because it yeah. was, you know, people still realized it was a school it's still night. still school night, yeah. But, you know, I had a great time over there. And we could do that. We did two two shows of a completely original material. Huh. And, you know, That's people awesome. liked it, I guess. They kept coming back. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a certain kick to getting up on stage and playing something that you wrote. And having people sing along because they know oh, the that's lyrics, cool. you know, yeah. or stand outside and when it's zero waiting to get in, you know, huh. it's pretty yeah. cool. So it was fulfilling. We didn't make yeah. much money, but we, you know, had an then. awful good time. Yeah. yeah, we got in a movie. The movie was called. Let's see. It was done by the guy who produced Heart Like a Wheel, which was the Bonnie Bedelia story, mm. drag race okay. story, and it was called. I don't know. It was coming of age story, and what they did was it was 20th Century Fox. They came down and got all you know, shot all this stuff at the Hamilton Township High School. Hmm. But they had a bunch of subplots going on because like Footloose was popular, okay. so they had a subplot where well, there's no dancing in school. Okay. And yeah. and Charles Dodrell, yeah, who, who was check. the head of theater at yeah. Audubon, he played Principal Poop. You know, he we're not going to have dancing. <laughs> and did a whole scene on a bandstand in front of us. So, oh, wow. you know, we had to be, like, available. We, huh. Yeah. 
we got there. And it was a gym. You know, I played one million proms. It was a gym decorated for the prom. <laughs> yeah. you know? Except it was one of those gyms that's, that's also the auditorium. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and yep. so they were up on the stage, the big stage, and they came in with big six or eight big lights and hung them clear up, and that's what they lit it with, other than oh, wow. just, you know, yeah. uh, flagging some stuff for close up. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody's around. We just set up on the stage, you know, <laughs> like we would do. Right. And there was a, a little room to the side, and we just went over there and, and sat. And hmm. They got us together to go to, to wardrobe, you know, and yeah. they had a. I mean, this was a real deal. This yeah. was Fox, so they they had a budget. They had people running around to make sure you, your your updated watch or something wasn't visible in right. the shots. Yeah. Like so we did all that, and then huh. we we plopped ourselves down in the in in this room on the side. And I remember, and one of the ads, assistant directors, came in and said, "Well, you guys got to go over to the cafeteria. That's where that's where everybody mm-hmm. is." What do you mean meant by everybody it was you know two hundred kids uh. <laughs> and it was about 97 degrees uh. outside so they oh, were nice. and we said oh man I, we're not gonna do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said just be here and we said we'll be here and, you know and we were yeah, yeah. and and, yeah. We, and they loved us because we were right on the money right they ended up shooting us faking a couple of tunes <laughs> just to be nice you know oh, that's cool and i don't think yeah. it's probably around somewhere but yeah. i remember because pete carey did it a fellow named brad black a guy named Mark Flugey, who was in the band, who's now deceased. He was a jazz instructor at Capitol. Mm. And my friend Nick Sensi. And I was playing. I didn't play one, but I had a stand-up bass. Mm. And my claim to fame was I could spin it. You know? <laughs> nice. And so when the camera came around, I would <laughs> spin it around. <laughs> they, they loved us. Oh, it was, and I forget what that movie was called. It's still around. It's um, John Travolta's wife kelly kelly Pre- preston preston was okay, in it Ben's gonna, gonna look I'm it up go doug um there. the kid from on golden pond was in it uh and you know and he was already 27 he was supposed to be playing 16 oh, <laughs> it was geez. great what year uh, oh, i don't know uh, <laughs> mischief that's okay. what it's called mischief, mischief. And uh, was it all filmed here in Ohio or just mm-hmm. that portion? That no, the all whole thing it. was okay. all on location. We okay. went and met with this producer, Michael Nolan, and uh, and it was directed by this guy that um, used to direct the Oscar show sometimes. Oh, wow, Marty Peseta. I think. Okay, I don't know what his name, whatever his name. <laughs> anyway, it was you know, it was a durable crew thing. Yeah, we went down to Canal Winchester, they were shooting in a house there okay to meet this guy yeah. and he said they'd had trouble trouble finding somebody who wanted to be play the band because they had to get a haircut we said we're people who would crawl through glass to be in the 20th century <laughs> fox movie are you kidding yeah so right they took us to a semi-trailer in the back which was a huge hair salon right and then they just got you right there got it got it all done and then we showed up at hamilton township high school and spent about 12 to 14 hours there and <laughs> that was it yeah Wow. See it? Mischief. Yep, Mischief, 1985. Right. Uh, Doug McKeon, Mm. uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, Kelly Preston. around. Yeah. Chris Nash. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. Well, Chris Nash was the bad boy, Mm. sort of, but, you know, heartthrob. Terry Mm. O'Quinn as well. Oh, yeah, Terry Terry O'Quinn. What was Terry O'Quinn in? The stepfather. Uh, the original. Terry O'Quinn is also in. Uh, he was in Lost. Uh, he was in the Rocketeer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know um, who it is. Now yeah. I see him. 
This is the part of the podcast where I get messages <laughs> from people that are like, oh, you don't know who Terry O'Quinn is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry O'Quinn was in this he great horror gem. movie yeah, called, right. called The Stepfather back when. And yeah. it oh, was okay. creepy as anything in him. Yeah. Yeah. We need a little order. He's a great actor. <laughs> He's a great actor. He is. He's a great he actor. Is. Yes. And, and, you know, Catherine Mary Stewart is still working. She was in The Comet. Day of the Comet or whatever it was called, huh. which was shortly after that. Okay. She got pretty well known for yeah. a while. Hmm. It How was interesting cool. to watch. They yeah. all, all were in sort of trailers, and mm-hmm. they'd come out and rehearse. Yeah. yeah. You know, with their hair all up and stuff. And basically, they just, that's what they did. They had six big Klieg lights scattered around a place, and mm-hmm. that was the key, that was key lighting. Yeah. yeah. Then they, they got stands and flags and and. Just single lights to right. do these close-ups, you know. Huh. These oh, wow. And it was so they got these. They knocked off a lot of shots in yeah. a day for uh, what turned out to be, and it looked good. Yeah. yeah. When you saw it later, it looked good. Did yeah. you go to the premiere then? Yeah, man. We rented a limo, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we arranged to play rubies that night after the after oh, wow. the, the movie. Oh, that's and cool. And Chris Nash showed up and sang. He was kind of so he could do Rolling Stones or something, yeah. you know. He was a protege of Mickey Rourke. Okay. okay. That was his deal. Wow. Okay. And, and they were kind of, nothing really happened for him much. You know, he did this movie. And, yeah. And, uh, but he's a nice enough fellow. Yeah. You know. How cool. The rest of them weren't around, of course. But, yeah. Uh, but they were all right. I mean, you know, yeah. they were about our age, although they were supposed to be playing high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> <They> were, <laughs> The magic of the movies. It was fun, yeah. It was wow. great. Day. God, we were just watching a show the other night, and it was like, it's like this person's a teenager, and we went, no, no, I don't think you are. She's 35, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, they play this movie occasionally on cable. Okay. And we're actually in it. And, and you oh. know, Charles Donrell got cut. <laughs> they didn't do that, that subplot. You know, uh, they decided they didn't need that, yeah. that kind of that subplot. They caught, they covered that, wrote it, and covered it just to be yeah. safe. They thought yeah. that. That's but you do, when you come into the prom scene, we're up there, there boy, are. and they do a, they that do a bass. Pan, pan across <laughs> us, and there, there I am, spinning that bass. Spinning your bass. <laughs> we, we're in there for, you know, five That's awesome. seconds. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you no. play the upright? No. No. <laughs> but you can spin them. But you can spin them. I can spin them with the best of them. There you go. I fooled around with it, but I, I wouldn't play it in front of people or anything like that. Interesting. What other instruments have you played? I play some keyboards. Okay. I played trombone in high school. Did you really? Yeah. Can you still? A little bit. Okay. I can still read bass clef music and I can. Yeah. But you know, you got to keep your embouchure up to play those <laughs> right. brass instruments. And yeah. I yeah. just never did. And I, I didn't have a great tone. I don't think. You mm-hmm. know, some people really. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So your band that you're in now. Yes. Is. Is Billy Zen and the Enablers. And the Enablers. Where yeah. did that come from? Well, it came from somebody who thought they were funny. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I couldn't agree more. So I, I thought, what a great name. That yeah. I just, you know, for some years before this, I had, I, I had um, this thing called The Professors, mm-hmm. which was a, what I, you know, there are two kinds of gigs that I've had in, in my life. There's yeah. the original artsy gig mm-hmm. and there's the money gig. Mm-hmm. Yep. And The Professors was the money gig. Okay. Professors did 60s music. Oh, and, cool. and everybody in the band was there when all that stuff started. Yeah. Chief among them was uh, this lead singer we had named Barry Hayden. Okay. And Barry had been a part of a band, uh, the singer in a band here in Columbus called the Dantes hmm. in the mid to late 60s. Okay. They were they were like the Beatles. Hmm. People okay. stood, you know, around. Yeah. Down the street to oh, go wow. see them play wow. for a half okay. an hour. They had for one of the, some of the first ones to have records. 
out. Mm-hmm. They did a cover of the Rolling Stones under my thumb, but they had an original that they or a song they got from somebody called "Can't Get Enough of Your Love." That's still you look it up on YouTube. Hmm. Can't get enough of your love, and it's the Dantes. And it's, okay, uh, they were man, they were huge. Yeah, yeah. and then they kind of. I don't know, drifted apart a little bit, and some of them, Barry went to California. He was, this guy, Barry Hayden, was by far the best front man I ever mm. saw. Okay. He just had boundless energy and was just moving like a dervish and could sing yeah. real well. Huh. Yeah. So, it, you know, years later now, after all that's gone away, 30 years later, <laughs> here I am in a band with Barry Hayden. I mean, I used to think this guy was oh, wow. uh, a rock star, you know. Yeah. So occasionally I would look over and go, oh, my God, that's Barry Hayden. <laughs> 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 we, and we did all, we just did 60 stuff. Yeah. You know, birds, animals, kinks, doors, mm-hmm. beetles, stones, all that. Yeah. You know? And people, there's there was big audience for that. Yeah. We used to do a thing up here at Villa Milano every year mm. called Dance Party with another couple of acts from the era. And, you know, it's an eight, it's 800 fun. seats or something. We used to fill her up, mm. sell her out. That's awesome. So it was fun. And we did yeah. that for – Barry did it. I, I remember we spent a long time rehearsing this, mm-hmm. which, you know, the honest truth is you don't normally do <laughs> when you're doing a money band thing. You get yeah. it up and run and make money. But yeah. – um, I bet we rehearsed six months for we played. Oh my gosh! Wow! And I and I said to him at the time, I said, Barry, I don't do this this long rehearsal thing. So you basically owe me five years. Oh, <laughs> now you have. And, and, he, and he did it. He was as good as his word. Oh, he did awesome. it before he decided to. Yeah. It was time for him. To, he's a couple years older than okay. I am. So that was, you know, while that was going on, I always had an original band. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was Billy Zen and the Ringers. But it was, okay. you know, the same thing. It's yeah. People who enjoy the music and want to contribute to mm-hmm. it. And that's, a, that's big and flattering all by itself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the nowadays, that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't go active. I, I book that band once in a while. Yeah. Uh, two or three times a year, probably. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'll go out and do solo stuff. Okay. And I play... Um, Sometimes I'll even go out and do parties and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and then I play every week at the open mic, and, and honestly, that's enough. I'm going to be 70 years old in, in January. So that's awesome. Of this coming year. So, you know, it's fun to keep your hand in, and I've always said that Absolutely. as long as it was fun, I'd do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I can still yeah. sing. Right. I've always been noted as, as a singer. So okay. I can still do that, and as long as I can, I'm cool. Where does your where does your inspiration as a songwriter come from, or your topics, or your ideas, or is yeah, it... well, you know, the musical influences are, are would be the Beatles and yeah. Lou Reed and mm. and people like that. You yeah. have good taste, sir. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, kind of a disparate crew of people who are just real good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Joni Mitchell, mm. I mean, yeah, lyricist. How it's yeah. better than those people. It's better than Bob Dylan yeah. and Joni Mitchell. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah. it's not many. Mm. So that, uh, but I don't, I don't write just one style of stuff, mm-hmm. which is I I like, but I don't. I, I think it was has probably been a worked against me a little bit in mm-hmm. the industry over the years. Hmm. Just because record labels and people like that, they they, they want to do this thing that's familiar. You know, that yeah. all sounds basically mm. alike. Even, yeah. even though this is your style. Kind of. This yeah. is your style. Yeah. So I've always just done whatever I darn well pleased, and, and I've been happy to do yeah. it. Um, so eclectic is that style. Okay. I, I've always been about the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's the one of the main things for me. Yeah. John Lennon once said, "Say what you got to say, and you know, put a backbeat to it." Hmm. And that's kind of. 
and I, and I, I, some years ago, ten years ago, I had a big heart attack and a big mm-hmm. thing, and, and uh, when I was ready to come back and start playing, Eric uh, Lytle, who was working at the other paper, mm-hmm. called me up and we talked for about forty-five minutes, and he said he thought I was. You know, you could describe what I did as sort of Midwestern rock and roll, and mm. I'm happy to wear that. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's been a lot that of hip cool. people from the Midwest yeah. doing rock and roll, yeah. right? Bob Seger and uh-huh. Alice Cooper, yeah. based out of Detroit, and a lot of people. Yeah, a lot yeah. of really good acts. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with that. Totally fine. Yeah. James, yeah, James Gang. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> name. You know, most people leave here and go to the coast. Go to yeah. the coast. Right. Uh, but you know, I came to the conclusion at some point that. We were living pretty good here, and mm-hmm. I wasn't 21 anymore, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to go grub around working on the Hobart in, right. <laughs> in yeah. Harlem. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, to yeah. make ends meet. You mm-hmm. know, and trying to get around the city, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. I visit. You know, go once in a while, but. Huh. Yeah. Do you have a do you yeah. do you spend time writing songs or does it just come to you? Is that is there a process that you do when you write your own material? Yeah, marijuana is okay. a big big thing. Okay, sitting around and playing, just playing. Yeah, until something suggests itself to me. Do you do the lyrics first or the music first? Uh, you know, people always ask that, and <laughs> basically I do whatever comes first. Okay. Often I'll get strumming a progression, and then I'll I'll get a line, you know, mm-hmm. a line in my my head. Yeah. And then I start to work it from there. Okay. So songwriting for me is a certain amount of inspiration, mm-hmm. but then there's a whole bunch of work. You know, yeah. You get that first verse and chorus real easily. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then it's really hard <laughs> to write the rest of it. You know, that's and where the scrapping it. Literally one chorus. That's yeah. right. Yeah. One verse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have to really sit down and, and make yourself do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is good. I mean, you gotta. It's you work. Know. And then you gotta see if anybody likes it. Yeah. So, hmm. so that's how I've always done it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about anybody else. I'm always yeah. interested. Have you ever collaborated on a? A song with somebody else. You know, a lot of people do that, and and it's a, it's a solitary occupation. That's for what me. I would think. Yeah, I can't. Do, it seems like you're about trying to do something. Yeah. I never have any luck sitting down and going. I'm going to write this song. You know, I just never do. Yeah, I, I never, and so to collaborate with somebody, you actually have to be able to write that way. And some people do it, and they do right. it really well. Yeah. You know, there's been great collaborations in the pop world mm-hmm. over the years in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it happens all the time. It's just not my thing. No. Yeah. It's just not my thing. That's yeah. a lot of give and take. I mean, that's... Well, yeah. You know... And, and you got to trust and, somebody. Like, I don't like that lyric. <laughs> yeah. That always seems more to me, particularly in the Nashville incarnation mm. of that. It's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. We're going to write this hit. Yeah. And everybody's working at that purpose. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I never think about it that way, so I write whatever I want. And, right. And... However, it comes out. However, yeah. I'm a stickler about certain forms about songwriting. In what way? Well, I think you ought to have a bridge. Okay. Listen to songs now, and you'll hear mm-hmm. that verse chorus thing, some version of it, and some version mm-hmm. of a verse, like you mm-hmm. just, yeah. just, just said over and over. Right. Yeah. Uh, where's the middle eight? What they right. just yeah. call the middle eight? You yeah. Know, yeah. It just breaks it up, and yeah. You know, and then you can something do extra in there. Key change. Yeah. yeah. Key change and you know, build it up. A bit. Yeah. yeah. Man, something. You know, where is that? And I think that's craft. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that that's that's the Absolutely. craft part of it. So, that's the only. You know, when an open mic, I don't. 
I don't approach people and say, hey, you ought to do this mm-hmm. or you ought to do that. Yeah. Only if they ask. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I don't feel compelled to stick my, okay, boomer bullshit in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if they come up and ask, and or, and usually it's the real good ones yeah. who will do that. You know, yeah. what can I do? Do you think this plays? You know, what can I do? To do? I'm about to produce something for this fellow Landon Rowe, hmm. who's a wonderful writer. And yeah. Yeah. You know, around town, and, and that's because he came and, and asked. He, mm. You know, I said, "Well, yeah, I'd love to do that." I've yeah. done. I produce records for other people. Yeah, did one for uh, before she left town, Grace Adele, okay. who's now in Nashville. Oh wow! Yeah. With an act, an old timey country act, country swing act. Oh, wow. Called the Farmer and Adele, <laughs> but she, you know, she gets asked to sit in with the Time Jumpers and people like that. I don't know if you know about these people, mm. but Time Jumpers do a Monday or Tuesday night gig, okay. and they're all the cream of the crop of these Nashville studio people. Oh. You know, or, you know Vince Gill's in town. He comes and sits yeah. in with the time. Oh, wow. And they ask huh. Grace. Because yeah. Grace has a voice that, you know, she she never is false. She never mm. makes a mistake. Yeah. She's uh-huh. never out of tune. She's completely knows how to be completely expressive. She's, you know, and yeah. it, it's kind of womanly. It's kind of, it's a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I always thought, well, you know, she gets down there and People hear her, they'll do fine. And they did. Mm-hmm. She and Keenan Wade are, got married before they went. He's a, a mandolin player. He's the farmer. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And, and they tour. They come up to Natalie's about once a year and do a Christmas thing. Oh, once cool. Once a year. And, you know, just great people. So yeah. I produced something for her, her first record. Uh, I just did something for Lydia Brownfield. I did uh, just about a year or so ago. Um Oh, several different yeah. people. Mark Hunter from the Ark Band. Hmm. I did his solo thing. I like that. Yeah. And I like it to be real different kinds of stuff. You know? Do you do it in your home or do you work yeah. in the studio? Yeah. Basically, do? these are singer-songwriter people, so I take them down in the basement and yeah. get a track laid, and then we begin to add some, ask some people that we know yeah. to come over and, you know, can you play harp on this? Can you play the oh, violin cool. on that? And huh. So we do it that way, just kind yeah. of piece it together, and, and that's what I like, you know. Yeah. I enjoy spending time that way. Yeah. Yeah. In the winter, even better. Oh, yeah. Locked away in the basement. Rainy days like today. Rainy days like today. Perfect <laughs> days. Yeah. So I do that, and then I do my, my own stuff. Yeah. I've got four four CDs and a live DVD, and, you know, I don't that's know. Awesome. And working on, I have two more that I want to do. There's one that's about halfway through. Yeah. That's kind of eclectic in its, its approach. There's a lot of different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like usual. So do you work on multiple albums at the same time? No, I don't. I no. I can't. Kind of one at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I know some people that are like, well, I've had this one that I've been working on for a while, and, yeah. and I'm going to keep building that one, but then I'm also doing, I mean. Some folks have real success doing that. And, you know, yeah. the you thing I've learned over the years is there's not there's not one right right or wrong way yeah. to do yeah. any of this stuff. Like right. any, anything creative, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you, you get your method going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I need to finish them up. Yeah. I'll get stuff going yeah. in my yeah. head, but I mean, I'll carry lyrics around in my head for years yeah. okay. before I finally am able to hook them up. Yeah. And then occasionally, I just found a whole trove of lyrics from like 25 years ago. Some stuff I didn't even remember. Oh, wow. So oh, that's kind of cool. And I go yeah. through and cannibalize a lot of that stuff. Ooh, this was really good. I'm keeping yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. For something else, you know. Yeah. Um, do you do you write everything down? Do you type it out? Do you? Well, in the old days, I had a typewriter. <laughs> this was an instrument where you yes, we know mechanical <laughs> instrument, and and then therefore you know you had to like get it right or write mm-hmm. it out and you know, yeah. make it rhyme. Oh, now with word processors, it's it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's easy. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So I keep just notes on your phone too. It's just oh, like, yeah. I've just got all my stuff right here. Email yeah. that to myself and, yeah. and you know, go and I, it's yeah. great. Yeah. It's much easier in that respect, yeah. access to tools. That's funny because in the old, old days, <laughs> in the days of the Mother Earth News and the and the whole earth catalog and all that that was a big deal yeah access to tools if we mm. just yeah. could get access to tools we could do all these things right. yeah so the one of the nicer cushier more cushiony things about growing older is everybody you know is in charge of something yeah you know and they never grew up none of them did yeah so they wanted you know they got all this stuff yeah they they more than willing to like you know get together and let you use it that's so, awesome. so that's helpful yeah, yeah it really is yeah. um so it's and nowadays with the advent of digital recording mm. it's a whole whole different thing it's probably a constant learning process it's a constant learning process and one of the big things you have to learn is when to stop okay. yeah because you can go on you know and you'll have i on pro tools i think i can i can have 32 tracks or anything at once okay. yeah i don't get that close to it generally but i do obsessively double track all background vocals and stuff yeah. like that do you know yeah. what double tracking is no well that, <laughs> let, me, let me take a stab at it isn't that where you record the same thing twice and then marry it together That's so it sounds exactly like right. you have, See, the beatles the pioneered that the beat george the Martin beatles, yeah. was yeah, the king did, of double uh, uh, um, yeah. day in the life they had half an orchestra come in <laughs> yeah. and play the thing twice and then they had a full orchestra um, i love that uh, <laughs> you know the wall of sound guy um the american producer did sort a certain amount of that too and what yeah. it does for things like vocals is uh-huh. Even if you sing something the same way, you don't exactly sing it the yeah. same way breath-wise. Mm-hmm. And whatnot. Right. So you tend to smooth out all the edges, and it just makes it sound twice as big as, yep. yeah. as it is. And so I do that all the time with yeah. backing vocals. I don't do it with lead vocals, but I do it with backing vocals. Okay. And, you, and so did you teach yourself Pro Tools, or did you? Yes. Okay. I taught myself with the able. Because like uh, help I, of I mean, Doug Edwards. That's impressive to me because yeah. Pro Tools is not a small well, program at all. I spent a year on the phone with Doug. Well, I did that. <laughs> I, did that. <laughs> I clicked it and it deleted my file. You know, you know, Doug was a guy who started recording back in the old days and, and back in the days when you edited music by cutting tape yeah. with a razor uh, blade and taping it together and all gosh. that. And he was at a place where he was just tired of it. Yeah. And I understood that when you took a band into like a place like Music Hall, yeah, that had you know twenty four tracks or something mm. on on two inch tape, mm-hmm. you've got a big board that's not automated, like yeah. Pro Tools is, yeah. So basically, you had four or five band guys and the engineer, uh-huh. and you'd work out these moves where something had to a fader had to move, and then you'd mark that with tape, and then the whole idea was trying to get it right oh, once. My God. You know, where everybody did their thing yeah. at the right time. And then, you know, you'd get it right once and you'd take it home and go, eh, I don't like oh. this. Yeah, it didn't have the right sound to <laughs> yeah. lucky you, you got to start from scratch. Yeah. Instead of having that to be able to modify what you'd done on a board, you had to yeah. start from scratch because somebody else had to use it. Oh, so he was ready to get out of the business until... He, the digital recording started, and yeah. it was such I a. I can't even imagine. Like, I mean, just how long it would take to just produce an album. It like, took a long time. And you hear the stories about like when the Beatles first did their first studio album. Uh, what was it? Peppers. I can't remember uh, the the one that they just recorded exclusively in studio. Uh huh. And it was like they had like crazy tape tricks that they're oh, doing. Yeah. They're putting they, like they were... speakers together to get like crazy sound. Oh, and yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. 
And like all Phasing, of that stuff is just like, it, you know, yeah, apply effect these days. It's like, yeah, yeah. just add this. Now <laughs> on every channel of a Pro Tools thing, yeah. every you track, can. you can pull up 20 effects. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. You can pull up a, a, a separate compressor for each track. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so there, you got to know when to stop. Yeah. And when to quit, <laughs> right. quit adding effects quit adding. and stuff right. to Just it. take it as right. a, yeah. So you always got to keep in mind what your what song's about and what's, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Interesting. You know. Yeah. I, I've always tried to, like, like believe what I was saying, you yeah. know, and sing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because Frank Sinatra wasn't the world's best singer, but boy, he could phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about. You make that song come alive right. in that way, you know, by yeah. telling that story. So you preserve that, and yet it's so much easier <laughs> than it used to be because yeah. – you can save a Pro Tools mix that you got going on, and that mm-hmm. includes moving things up and down, yeah. you know, automation, what they call automation mm-hmm. during yeah. the course of a mix, and put that away for a year and bring it, come back and bring it up again, and it's exactly where you left it. Yeah. Huh. So That's you don't have nice. to redo the whole yeah. thing and get all the sounds for the drums, yeah. and right. you, you go through and say, well, I need to bump that. That, you know, yeah. mixing is an art. You, yeah. you oh try gosh, to yeah. keep a consistent level going, and by that I mean, you know, there's the the lead vocal going on, and and then the snare drum and stuff yeah. that matters. Yeah. <laughs> then, but in the places where the lead vocal isn't, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't put something in there at about the same level, it kind of goes, clunk, yeah. You know, and the and the the um, the energy you have mm-hmm. drops yeah. there yeah. as well. So yeah. you got to know. You know, right when that's going to happen, and how to goose up something like an just an acoustic guitar doing something, any yeah. you know something, something that that maintains that, and yeah. then and then back down again, right. you know, and then you have to prevail upon the guitar players, you know, not to play over the vocal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try that. Yes, good luck. And, yes, from the guitar. But listen to awesome it sounds. Right. Listen, man, I'm like singing. I got to be playing. Okay. Who do you listen to? Who are your favorite artists of today? Oh gee, um, I don't know. I I gotta be honest and say I don't listen to a lot. Billie yeah. Eilish and I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like him when I see him. Bruno yeah. Mars, I think he's having. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, yeah, yeah. I like him as a performer. I'm mm-hmm. more drawn to performers yeah. than. Yeah. yeah. Then the records, because the records all sound the same to right. me. They do. Grumble, grumble. It yeah. ain't yeah. like the old days. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, but it's true though. I mean, like, what, mm-hmm. like the diff- I think the the downside of the digital age is that everything is sort of like you can edit things to death, and I mm-hmm. think that that's where things end up in that kind of middle studio happy sound, you know, kind of or, or the yeah label happy kind of sound. Yeah, you know, where it's oh, this sounds like what we expect it to right. sound like, and you the know, stuff that does sound different, weird at first is a little off-putting but mm-hmm. yeah if i go to a movie and there are six screenwriters i know it's going to be bad yeah mm-hmm. you know i know it's not going to have that yeah. something right about it it's just going to be kind of an assembly line thing and the mm-hmm. same thing you know yeah. all these people are credited as writers and producers on on these pop songs and, and really you know i don't know who's writing what you know right. i don't know other than for a piece of it who's right who's in but i do know this that a lot of it is i hear a lot of music today that's that's a verse, mm-hmm. and then there's there's a chorus, and then there's there's a lot of time spent on f- phrases from the chorus mm-hmm. yeah. that will kind of repeat, you know, yeah. and then maybe sing the same verse again. It's mm-hmm. a yeah. different kind of yeah. songwriting. Yeah, you know, look, who cares what I think? 
it works for the people that buy the records. Right. It works for yeah. people right. that are listening to it, and that's what's important. Yeah. Right. They ain't me. They passed me by a long time yeah. ago. You know? I think there's yeah. something lost, though, with the storytelling. Well, I do, too. And and the best of the singer-songwriter people do the storytelling thing. They really do. Well. Yeah. yeah. As did Lou Reed, as did, you know, mm-hmm. people, yeah. a lot of folks like that. Um, you know, I can listen to James Taylor play. Uh, I mean, he knows how to play. Sure. He knows how to sing, yeah. you know. His yeah. band is killer. <laughs> yeah. We went and saw McCartney the last time. Did you? At, down at the arena. And, and how it was, was it? Oh, man, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> half the audience was in tears about yeah. half the time. Yeah. You know, he did two and a half hours and, and came back to the encore <laughs> of and about a half hour. And he's how old now? Is he? Oh, he's 70-something, okay. 73, something like that. Okay. He said at the end, he said, well, I'll see you next time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's not Unbelievable. Anymore. And yeah. I'll tell you what, he can, even even having, a, you know, you occasionally notice something about mm-hmm. about the the way he's singing usually in the middle range more than like the higher parts and okay. stuff yeah. enough yeah but you know and his worst he's about 10 times better than most people right he really is <laughs> right he, he hasn't stopped he did a show when he was here his show was really deceptive it was they do a song you know mm-hmm. and he's been with that band 20 years yeah. longer than the beatles were together yeah, yeah. His band has been together mm-hmm. and yeah. intact and the crew too everybody yeah yeah big family working um they do a song and then he'd start to speak and apparently they had wireless mic on him and they they were doing this in an arena in such a way that it you felt like you were standing there talking to him uh-huh. and he cool. would tell these yeah. stories he would say he they bring out a guitar, you know this this double cutaway. <laughs> wow! They, they said this is the one we used on, you know, oh, uh, wow. Ticket to Ride and, and, oh and Paperback Writer, and so, you know, and then they and then yeah. they would play it. Oh or he'd gosh. say, you know, he talked, had a whole story about Blackbird, and he, and yeah. he said, I know a lot of you you fellows have tried, tried to learn that. And, yeah. And then, yeah, and then he'd uh. say, Well, you, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it awesome. was so intimate, yeah. you couldn't. Yeah. It just was happening, you know. All at once, it was this in the midst of this huge arena rock show. Yeah, yeah. It was this intimate conversation with Paul that you heard every syllable, Mm. every word. He was the first person I saw way back when down at the Riverfront Stadium. Oh wow! Have a really teched up show before the tech was there. Yeah, Mm. there used to be a company called Showco. Okay. That did that, and one of the things he did besides his laser stuff and all that, in those days it was, you know, gas fired liquid cool laser beam that spread yeah. out across the top of the arena. But also, about midway through that show, they all just, all at once, people come out with stools, mm-hmm. and, and, and they had acoustic instruments, and there wasn't any feedback, and there wasn't any goofing around, getting it up and running. Yeah. They just started playing. And that was Shoko. That was that was <laughs> attributed to those people. I mean, you, you, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, because like it's not hard. getting feedback on stage mm-hmm. is so um, hard. It, it's hard. Particularly trying to mic up acoustic yeah. instruments right. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and make sure everybody's balanced, else. make yeah. sure everything sounds oh, the way. And, oh and it was, so obviously, they it's had nuts. taken time. He had a horn section, too. For that, I think the Memphis horns or somebody. Mm. And, yeah. But there wasn't, it was seamless. The whole thing was seamless. So, wow. you know, yeah. I like people like that. Yeah. I saw them, yes, a couple of times. They were. I feel like that's like, that's the artistry of the whole thing. I you think know? you're right. And like the modern pop music, I mean, you know what? Look, I, I've got some modern pop music on my main playlist, but I mean, 
there's still yeah. he likes about Justin like, Bieber. He's not saying it, but I he don't loves. Actually. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, Katy Perry is really? so yeah. Well, really? firework is just really? it worked its way in. Really? I don't know how it did. So, oh. but you know, good songs will out. That's yeah, what I say. yeah. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, there's a couple of young fellows. I forget their names. That guy that's that's real. Everybody likes him. Um, I don't know whether he's a Brit or not. I can't remember. I, you didn't have to tell me. Uh, he's a young guy working in, in pop music. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Eric Hutchinson. You know, I love yeah. Eric Hutchinson. Well, he has yeah. big connections here in the so city. So good. Yeah. yeah. His, uh, his wife's from here. Oh. Okay. And wife huh. and his father-in-law, I know real well. He comes to open mic. Huh. Really? <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. I just, I love his stuff. I saw him in. Well, he is hysterically funny. Branching too. out too, apparently, yeah. and getting a, uh, to a wider yeah. audience. So he's a great singer-songwriter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's strong. Yeah, yeah. He is. Huh. but I never heard much of him until yeah. I found out about the connection. Yeah, and, you know, because I don't really listen to pop radio, right? That yeah. much. Well, mo- so much of it's. I mean, again, griping about the way things used to be, but I mean, like, you yeah. know, so much of it is, you know, it's just not what it once was. And well, it's it's a lot more, I don't know, there's a lot more branding to it, I think. I feel like they say, okay, well, here's our person. They've got the right look and feel, and right. they can sing a little bit, and we're going to write their music for them, and they're going to go up, and they're just going to go out there and look amazing and dance yeah. and sing. How and, many country songs, you know, about beer and blue jeans and... <laughs> Pickup trucks and going down the creek. You know, can you can you listen to and, and take yeah. seriously? Right. You know? Yeah. Is there any genre you just don't like at all? No, no. Okay. I, I like you know I like a certain amount of hip hop things. Mm-hmm. I like a certain amount of I like you know sort of rootsier country. Yeah. As opposed to only because and this is probably my advancing age. I I hear these songs. I can't remember them. I can't remember the hook. Yeah. You know, after yeah. I've heard them, right? Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, people like that, who are real strong and mm-hmm. real good yeah. singers and stuff. But the tunes, they're just you know, just kind of generic. Yeah, the yeah. hook is the thing. I feel like that that gets lost these the days. The hook brings so. you back. And Nashville was always a writer's town, you know. You know yeah, that is Canon and D. The entire song is Canon and D. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, I had to go through There's the There's so many songs that just rip off old classical music. It's, I mean, you know, everybody does it, but. I always love yeah. the, uh, there's a comedy band called Axis of Awesome. Yes. Mm. Oh, oh, man. When they They're do fantastic. four chords. Yeah, the four chord songs. Which oh, yeah. I heard that. Really yeah. is quite sad yeah. when you listen to it. Like, wow, like, we really have no. Is it no... CDEG? I, I can't yeah, remember exactly but that, what it is. Yeah, but that progression is, is, yeah. Uh, is mm-hmm. ubiquitous. Yeah. And they've got, what, 55-some yeah. songs they on there? They all these songs in there, and <laughs> they all, like, flow yeah. perfectly they, into they each do. other. Yeah, it's that's, great. A, that's a great bet. I've seen them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good, and it's really sad yeah. all at the same time. Oh, we're not creative. You know, people like it and stuff. Oh, yeah, right. I don't care. I mean, you know. Of the things to get upset about in this world, probably pop music. Is right. Yeah, yeah pop you can music. always change it. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. shut it off. You yeah. can right? shut it off. That's power right there. Power yeah. of the finger. Yeah. Billy, thank you so much. You're this more is so than much welcome. fun. Yeah, for I, want, I want you to come on and play for us. Sometimes. Okay, yes. I'd be happy to do that. that. Would be lovely. I think we should do a uh, uh, speak easily. Like we should get billy and uh-huh. andy, andy. In, yeah. and we should do a jam session yes. where like i sing terribly you sing well and i clap along and there you go yeah, i can keep beat 
You know? Yeah. Only if you make that face, which yeah, nobody can see on the radio. Yeah. But. Yeah. When well, the weather's permitting, I'm, I'm 10 minutes away. <laughs> can we do like a backyard concert? Yeah. Oh, that would be Ooh, rad. That, that would be, be awesome. Fine. You know what would be fun is actually do it in the big studio and maybe invite like a small crowd of people. Do you know that, would be good. that would be, that would be a lot of fun. You don't need to do that. Just kind of mic the place up a little bit. Yeah. That'd be really rad. What Elton John album is that? There's one of those where they basically live in a yeah. studio with an audience. Yeah. Early. Early yeah. on. Yeah. We need Big to do that. We yeah. need to do that. I, I thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank it's you. So much fun. It's, so fun. it's, it's fun. always fun to rap with somebody who knows the music industry. Yeah. yeah. Well, he so. said rap. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> or did I? <laughs> no, I don't think he did. You know, no, I, I did not. Did. Thanks for listening to my old stories. Oh, no. Sure. We're excited uh, to play some of your music, too. We'll yeah. that up yeah. there. Yeah, we got a couple tracks. Uh, we'll follow up this yeah. episode with a couple Are of you tracks. playing anywhere soon? Uh, March 19th. Okay. You've got your open mic as well, which is... And my open mic every Wednesday. Okay. It starts at, at 8. Head. So if you okay. want to see me, 8 is a good time to be there. Okay. But March 19th, we're doing... For the last four years, I've been a part of this charity album. Hmm. And basically, the thrust of it is they choose a year in music. Oh, cool. And everybody picks a song from it. Oh, so a cool. lot of people around town are yeah. involved. Willie Phoenix is on it, okay. and, and uh, Hilda Doyle, I think. Patia Thomas is on it. Um, anyway, you choose a song and record yeah. it, and then okay. they do do the record. This year, it is, um, it's called Something in the Air, the Songs of 1969. Oh. Nice. So I'm doing a kind of obscure, but a hit for Bob Seger before he became the Bob Seger that we know, yeah. called Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. It's a mm. big up-tempo thing. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, they're doing a series of concerts for that. Okay. Just to kind of roll it out and yeah. get people to buy it. Yeah. And, you know. So we're doing that March 19th. Uh, it's me and the Enablers. Okay. Kim Crawford, who's uh, doing it as a solo, but has a band called Ten Ahead in town. Mm. She's been around. She's played rhythm for Willie Phoenix. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I played bass for Willie Phoenix. Nice. So like, oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, the Pete Conrad band. And okay. Pete plays around extensively as a soloist. Okay. Um, Where is that going to be? That's at the Shred, the Shrunken Head. Okay. Okay. And it starts at. Uh, it starts after they have like trivia night or something. <laughs> okay. and so we're starting at nine. Nice. And good. And I think I'm doing 45 minutes. And then. Wow. Nice. Kim Crawford's on, and and uh, then Pete. So it's done That's by awesome. 11, 15, 11, 30. Okay. Wow. It's uh, cool. 10 bucks at the door, and you get a copy of the CD. Nice. Cool. So okay. You can't really beat that. that can people find charity? you on social media? They can. Billy's in. Cool. Nice. With two N's. With two yes. N's. Yes. B-I-L-L-Y. Yeah. <laughs> they sure can. Uh, the more the merrier. And I also have a music page called uh, Billy's End Music. Okay. I have a limited imagination. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know I mean, what it's, it's about. <laughs> you know what it's about. You don't have man? to try to figure it out. You know. You know, I, I like try that. to keep stuff up on there. And, yeah. And, but awesome. um, really, just look for Billy Zen. Yeah. There's a, Very cool. Uh, you can find cool. me there. Awesome. Or BillyZen.com. BillyZen.com. Very good. Perfect. Lots of tunes on there. Yeah. Video. Well, hey, if you like what you hear, uh, please consider uh, subscribing if you are not mm-hmm. already subscribed. Uh, if you want to talk back to us, uh, hit us up on Facebook. That's not like our, our children do. Uh, please. Well, no, no. <laughs> I can't like, handle that. Don't talk back don't talk to back. us. Yeah. Talk back at us. That, that means that talk better? back. To, I, I, 
it, in some weird parlance, okay. yes, I okay. think. So mm-hmm. uh, find us on Facebook, kind of our primary landing page for all things, comments, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can find us on various other social media platforms, although I've been pretty dark on most of mine this year. Not dark in a sad not way. Dark, no, just, just not like active. I'm not doing it right this not year. Like- so 2020 came around and I went, you know what? If there's a year that I'm going to sit social media out, <laughs> this, this might year. be the one. <laughs> so, this might be the one. This yeah. Is, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't care how it goes. It's right. yeah. I'm, I'm glad there I'm not in. But uh, uh, and of course we've got new episodes that come out uh, every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say ish because sometimes they end up a little bit later in the day than we originally intended. Which it's still Tuesday. It's still Tuesday. If it's 11:59, it's yeah. still Tuesday. And sometimes it might even fall into a Wednesday. But you know, yeah. I will try to. To He's make pretty that amazing not happen. about getting so out. I do my best. So, awesome. but uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, Billy, for thank coming you. in today. We really appreciate it. And um, you do it. Watch out for those bath salt zombies. Watch out for them. They're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. I was drowning deep in sin, far away from that peaceful shore. Every lady sinking in, sinking to rise no more. But you saw me going under, and you heard my despairing cry. Your love pulled me from the water Now safe at last am I Love lifted me Love lifted me Oh, your sweet love lifted me When nothing else could save me You know love Love lifted me, love lifted me, oh your sweet love lifted me, when nothing else could save me, you know love lifted me, everybody has some trouble, everybody has some pain, everybody from the cruel and driving rain When you feel like going under Cause there's no place left to go Only love can lift you higher Only love can make you whole Love lifted me Love lifted me Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me.